0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 162nd episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro!
1: Hi, guys. Happy New
0: Year! Happy New Year. It's
1: the first episode back.
0: Oh my god, Churro. It's the first episode back. It's like, it feels like a beginning, but in other ways, it feels like the beginning of the end. Right? Because it's it's the beginning of the end of waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3, which is crazy to me.
1: As that song by Europe goes, it's the final countdown.
0: Just like every every day, one step closer to Kingdom Hearts 3. It's pretty nuts. But uh, yeah, anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com,
1: and... Keenan March Union's Twitter, which is AKH Union.
0: We have a two-segment show today. We have our news segment and our question segment. And I just want to say, real quick, I know some of you may be worried about spoilers, especially with regards to news. I promise you that all the stuff we're talking about in the news is strictly informational, if, and if at any point we discuss anything, that could potentially be construed as a spoiler, we will warn you prior to it happening. I don't think there's anything in here at all, but if I notice anything, I promise I will call it out. So uh, I hope we all are on that same base. All this information I think is important to anyone, regardless of whether you're watching out for spoilers or not. The Kingdom Hearts Union is a spoiler-free zone when it comes to Kingdom Hearts 3. We're not talking about Kingdom Hearts 3 spoilers. You'll be fine.
1: Yes, don't so, worry.
0: Don't worry. We we wanna keep it just as unspoilery as you. So anyway, in the way of announcements, as always, you guys can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKH Union. And our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows We have Blue Machine who's at Blue Machine on Twitter, Joseph Robertson, who's at Pokemon Trainer J, Lewis James, Keith Field, who's at the Mighty Keith, Nahika Blowy. Billy Jackson, who's at, Billy Jack- at underscore Billy Jackson, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Mike, Chris Morales, Ishbel Ayala, who's at Red Beppers, Eric Decker, who's at Choco Taco, Vitanitis, Michael Graham, and Churro. If you could take these last ones,
1: we got Rob Porter at Squirtie Bertie One, Thorn Bolin at mesker Twenty Three, Tobias Cappy at the Tobias Kepi. Zach Doranto at Z Doranto fifty eight, Tori Patrick, Chris Pope at Doctor Pope one eight one, Miles Ribbons, Muhammad Quayam, David Calro, Moki Sayset at Mon S, Rachel Castiston at Uber and Yun Ray, Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail, Zelda Cone at Apes Type Novels, and Darren Matthews at Doomster seventy three. And be a part of the
0: show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And in the way of the Deep Dive stream, uh, really big stuff to talk about there. Uh, so first things first, if you have been watching out, we just started releasing. Well, at the time of the recor- uh, this recording, we haven't released yet. But we will have released our first few episodes of the Kingdom Hearts 2 Deep Dive stream. That me and Churro recorded all the way back in May of 2018. Just like so long ago. I'm sorry. I know it took forever. But finally started uploading that stuff. Basically, at the end of the day, I just decided, whatever. I'm not playing this YouTube game. I'm going to just release it and not worry about all the stuff that takes too much time. Like tags and custom thumbnails and custom titles. I'm just throwing them out there. And thank God my internet is really fast now because in Japan we got the fiber optic internet. And I was uploading those things like, you know, 45 minutes per episode. And, you know, we're talking like some episodes are like 30 gigabytes and pretty crazy because it's like hours, you know, it's hours of 1080p 60 video. That's the other thing, the the quality. Oh, my God. So good. That's the one thing that I was so excited to do with these uploads was that, you know, I've been recording it at 1080p60. But it's not just 1080p60, but it's 1080p60 recording of 4K down sampled 1080p footage. So it's like really smooth and clean and 60 FPS. It's delicious. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. So that's going out. Uh, YouTube.com slash vids. So that's going to go on there. Um, so the game plan is release KH2 throughout the week. And then over the course of pretty much all the days until Kingdom Hearts 3 releases, just re- release from our back catalog of deep dive stream recordings, which as of right now is very long and... Has many games in it. And I'm sorry I haven't released the episodes until now. But hey. Finally going to start releasing those. Um, uh, Over the course of the uh, winter break. I did finish on the deep dive stream. We finished uh, Dream Drop Distance. And we watched Back Cover. So that means the next deep dive stream. Which will be January 19th. 8pm Eastern Time. We will be playing through both uh, the Birth by Sleep secret episode, which is technically 0.1, and 0.2. And that will be our final deep dive stream prior to the release of Kingdom Hearts 3. So it's basically going to be Birth by Sleep post-content plus Kingdom Hearts 3 preview content. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Please come enjoy the show. It's going to be our final deep dive stream prior to the release of Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, game plan for after the release of Kingdom Hearts 3 is once we've finished, once I've finished up uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, whatever. Uh, once that's finished, I'll get on to doing the Kingdom Hearts 3 playthrough uh going on our normal schedule where it's like every other week and we'll do you know kind of a casual playthrough of that whole game uh, but I this is going this is not going to be a, a first time playthrough I'm not doing that live I'm going to play it once through all by myself to completion once once I've completed then start on the deep dive stream again and again uh, if you guys want to uh follow us on the deep dive stream that's gonna be twitch TV slash. So please go there and follow us there. Uh, So yeah, that's pretty much all the announcements. Moving on to the news. Wait, we got news? We got news. And we got news that's not spoilery. It's informational news. In fact, we could even call this news segment like the PSA segment,
1: the public service
0: announcement segment. So this is all informational stuff that – Anybody who either you don't care about spoilers or you do care about spoilers, it's all safe. So speaking of spoilers, as a result of the leaks of the epilogue and the secret ending, uh did announce uh, a while back that uh, the epilogue and secret ending will be released as separate downloads. They are actually not going to be on disk of the game, and you and you oh, uh, you will have to have an internet connection to be able to download those and get those installed. Uh, in addition to that, they have now finally officially released the release schedule of these downloads. So, uh, first things first is on the day one of release, so that means the J- January 25th for the Japanese version and January t- 29th for the Western version there will be first the day one patch which it will be version 1.01 of Kingdom Hearts 3 so be downloading that and this will also activate the memory archive videos we talked about this in the past where uh, Square released these uh, short summary videos they're about seven to five minutes Uh, there's five of them and they sort of are a summary of all the games uh, I believe narrated by Chirithi uh, they released those prior in Japanese on their YouTube channel for free. Uh, they will now be adding those as well to Kingdom Hearts 3, and they will be available to watch from day one, uh, assuming you download the day one patch. Uh, next, uh, The next day, uh, so this is going to be kind of like the day two patch. So this, you know, that would mean January 26th for the Japanese version and January 30th for the Western version. Uh, the epilogue will be added, and the requirement for seeing the epilogue is that you must clear the game to see it. Uh, now, in terms of what epilogue means, I am going to talk to you in terms of old Kingdom Hearts games, so we're not getting into spoilers. You know, just as a reminder, this is all Kingdom Hearts tradition, so this is not a spoiler. All Kingdom Hearts games have done this, so don't be surprised. It's it, or or be surprised if you want to. I don't care, but it's. This is Kingdom Hearts tradition. It's not a spoiler. But the way Kingdom Hearts games tend to work, let's talk in terms of Kingdom Hearts 1. You know, First things first, once you beat the game, what do you see? You see the ending. Utada Hikaru sings. Then what happens? You get your end credits. Then what happens? Then it's the full staff role, this part of the end credits. Then what happens? Then you get yep. a, an extra epilogue after yep. that. And this epilogue is a is an epilogue that you get no matter what. You don't have to do anything special. You don't have to do anything extra. You don't have to unlock anything. You just get that epilogue. So in the case of Kingdom Hearts 1, it's the whole scene where Sora, Donald, and Goofy are walking in the field. And then Pluto's there with the note in his mouth and he runs away and hand-in-hand plays that song, hand-in-hand. And then uh, in Kingdom Hearts 2, that's where Sora and Riku are on the beach of Destiny Islands and are looking out and admiring the beauty of the scenery. And then Kyrie comes running, holding the uh, message in a bottle that came from Mickey. And then they look at it and then the camera zooms away. That's the epilogue. So whatever that is for Kingdom Hearts 3, that will be added to the game on January 26th for Japan and January 30th for the West. So that's the, that's the epilogue. Then on January 31st, for both the Japanese version and the Western version, the secret ending will be added. Oh my God! There's a secret ending. How could you say that, Brandon? That's a spoiler. Name a Kingdom Hearts game that doesn't have a flippin' secret ending. They've all got exactly. secret endings. Even Record had a secret ending. Even Recode had a secret ending. Exactly. And I mean, okay, so technically, technically, maybe Chain of Memories on the Game Boy doesn't really have a secret ending, but it kind of does. Because, I mean, it doesn't have a secret ending that you have to unlock. So technically, C- Chain of Memories on the Game Boy had more of like a quote-unquote epilogue. But the way that one was, it was just a picture of Roxas. Yeah. A, a still, still. T- I think it was like two images of Roxas. And they revealed his face a little bit from the side. And you could barely see it on the Game Boy screen, but they revealed Rox's face in the Game Boy version. Okay, maybe that. But like, name name a number Kingdom Hearts game that doesn't have a secret ending. Come on, they've all got secret endings, so not a big deal. Now, Churro for for me, the way I see this as, if we're thinking in terms of the older Kingdom Hearts games, uh-huh. the epilogue, right? That releases a day after. If we think back to the old games, the whole deal with these epilogues and secret endings is that every single one of them sets up the next adventure. Right. The Kingdom Hearts 1 epilogue sets up Chain of Memories. The Kingdom Hearts 2 epilogue sets up that whole trilogy of games that came out after Kingdom Hearts 2, you know, we're we're talking Dream Drop Distance and Birth by Sleep and you know all those games. It it sets up that And then you know, whatever it is for Kingdom Hearts 3, I believe the epilogue will set it up. Now, the nice the thing you gotta remember about these epilogues is that they're all vague. Yeah. They just they, they don't really say anything about the next adventure. They they're just a nod to say a new adventure is coming. And that's it. They they don't really say anything about the adventure. But When you get to the secret ending, that's when they start talking about the next adventure. That's when it gets even crazier. Exactly. So that's why I think personally why the epilogue is something that, you know, all right, next day we'll add it in. No problem. You know, they don't want it to be on the disc from day one because they're, they're afraid of it leaking. But it's not that spoilery because it doesn't say anything about the next game. But, and if you notice there, the Japanese secret ending and the Western secret ending come out on the same day. That's the only one on this list that does that. Why? Because it's it's going to say something about the future of Kingdom Hearts as a series in, in a bit more explicit nature, being a little bit more straightforward. It's not just going to be saying, hey, a new game is coming. It's going to be like, a new game is coming and it's going to involve this. So, like, to some extent, like, I don't know anything about finances, Churo. I don't know if you're a secretly a- an accountant, Churo. But when these secret endings come out, to some extent, you know, this is almost like Square Enix is announcing a new game with, yeah. with these secret endings. It's like, so, it's like a
1: pre announcement.
0: Yeah, it's like it's a pre announcement, <clears throat> exactly. So like financially speaking, they wanna make sure that this happens when they want it to happen. They don't want that to leak because, you know, in a subtle small way, this is a hint at to what their future plans are. And for a publicly traded company, you don't want that to you know, happen out of your control. You want it to happen at precisely the right timing to get as much fanfare as you could possibly want. So I
1: mean, of course, I mean they work what 5 years on this game now so exactly you know they don't want all that to go to waste come on i wouldn't want it to go to waste even as a fan or employee you know so yeah i
0: i think yeah for both of us me and chiro we both definitely you know we understand why the secret ending and epilogue are being treated this way and ultimately like square was you know clearly very realistic like they know Look! Look at how these games release these days, and, and look how anticipated Kingdom Hearts is. Of course, it's something is going to leak. I don't think they were necessarily ready for it to leak the way so it did. early. Yeah, the way it did, and so early, like over, like almost over a month ago, it leaked. I don't think they were expecting that to happen,
1: which is why, like, it took it took some time for them to deal yeah. with it. But now, like anything that gets uploaded to youtube is immediately taken down so it's like yeah. they're now they're in like now they're ready for anything now so. exactly
0: but even then like something going up on youtube and having to be taken down still it still poses a risk of someone seeing it so you know i definitely agree with the with the kingdom hearts team that if you're going to you know lock back anything you're going to want to make sure that the epilogue and the secret ending are locked back because, you know, with all the other content, that affects Kingdom Hearts 3 in a way. But with the epilogue and the secret ending, that doesn't just affect Kingdom Hearts 3. That affects Kingdom Hearts 3 and the future project, whatever it is. So, you know, the if anything is going to be something they're going to protect, it's going to be that stuff. Uh I would say other than that the only thing to I guess really discuss is yes Kingdom Hearts 3 has a day one patch. What game doesn't release these days without a day day one patch? It's
1: normal. Exactly.
0: You know, you got you also have to remember that this game like if if you just look back, I think literally like two podcast episodes ago, which, you know, with our current break that we've had, you know, that was like almost 6 weeks ago, you know, the, the gap between them going gold and the game releasing is almost two full months. That is two full months of them working on this thing to polish it up and make it better. Uh, you know, two full months minus whatever vacation time they might've taken off for, for Christmas break, which by the way, I was so happy. I saw on Facebook, he was on his vacation. I was like, Oh my God, I'm so happy. You're getting to take a break. Like, we always hear these days, like, from all these g- different game de- game development companies about the crunch and how terrible it is and all these horrible, like, you know, working conditions, and I haven't heard anything like that from the Kingdom Hearts team, but, you know, I, it just made me so happy to see, like, oh, great, I'm so happy he gets to enjoy this time and relax with his family. Like, this is a well-deserved break, and I was, like, so happy for that, so... I guess, but like I was saying, minus that vacation time of whoever opted to take it, or I don't know if everybody got to take it, you know, all that time that they've been spending has been for polishing the game for this day one patch. So, you know, any, any like extra bugs they may have found or, you know, any things that need to be optimized, performance stuff, like all of that is going to happen in a day one patch. And like, you know, you always hear these days like people complaining about day one patches. Like, well, games back in the day didn't have day one patches. Do if they could have had day one patches, they would have had them.
1: I'm sure they would. <laughs> I mean that that, that that's what makes gaming so special in today's world. That yeah, you know, they can you know instantly fix things, they can add things, they can take away things. You know, you know, yeah. back then once a the game is released, that's it. They would that's have it. to re-release the game again with added features like the final mix versions so they wanted to add something
0: exactly
1: nowadays you can just throw in a patch and it's in the game already yeah <coughs> I, I i
0: guess i i can i can see it a little bit from their side because some companies do kind of use it uh they kind of abuse that system in the sense that oh don't worry we'll, we'll release something unfinished and then fix it later in the day one patch I don't think that's necessarily what's happening here because, hey, people have uh, leaked the game and people have been playing it and apparently it seems pretty fun. So Unless you're,
1: unless you're Final Fantasy fifteen, in which they really yeah. relay on DLC to fix the game. Yeah,
0: Kingdom Hearts... Story-wise. Yeah. yeah, Final Fantasy fifteen definitely had that issue, but I think we we kind of saw it with Final Fantasy fifteen. you know, given that, remember the old uh, hey, we're going to release in September... Uh, Jk we're releasing we're releasing in November what's that oh that's bug fixing time so and like the the official announcement at the time was like well it's not that we're we're looking for that time to add anything really extra to the game it's that we wanted to make sure the content because we we prepared so much content for the uh, day one patch that we wanted to make sure that that was all on the disk but then they do that and then oh wait they release it in november there's still another day one patch anyway so yeah so yeah obviously there are still games that do that you know the game isn't out yet so it's yet to be seen what that is but as far as i can as far as i can tell it seems like the game is running fine but yeah day one patch is only there to polish out any rough edges You know, it's, it's not going to be, you know, a day one patch is not something that is going to completely change the game. It's mostly just small things, you know, performance issues or, you know, in the case, you know, they even say it right here, adding the memory archive videos. Like that's, that was probably something that they always wanted to make sure was on the game, but maybe they didn't have it in their development pipeline. They didn't have the time to put that in because that's, that's a low priority thing. Yeah. Yeah. So might as well save it for, you know, the time where game's already gone gold. We'll just put it in the, you know, we'll just have the team develop the, uh, the patch afterwards. So that, that's cool. Uh, I, just one minor thing that I noticed uh, over this holiday break. I did catch a glimpse of the uh, Japanese uh, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 box art, and they had some, like, there were some interesting things on there. Not spoilers, I promise. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of, uh, like, third-party third 3rd middleware icons on there. So, like, for example, um, it was, like, Autodesk Scale Form. And then there was this one on there. I need to see what it was called. But, uh, yeah, they had some really interesting... Uh, middleware on that kind of gives me a hint at maybe what kind of uh features they're looking to uh like focus on uh there was one for I'm trying to remember what it was called well y- you know if you look it up Kingdom Hearts three box art you'll you'll find it there there there's one on there I forget the name of it it's got a little blue logo uh, basically the purpose of it is is this really cool pathfinding system. And basically what pathfinding is, it's AI. And I looked up this company and saw some demos of their pathfinding system. And the main thing that this does, that Unreal Engine 4 doesn't ship with, is six degrees of freedom, six DOF, six degrees of freedom pathfinding. And the main uh, big thing of that is so basically what six six degrees of freedom is is this is flight ai this is not ai of running around and making your way through a 3d environment on the ground this is flying through the air and navigating through it so i'm just thinking like oh maybe they use this like for gummy ship or something and like and not only that like also in big hero 6 we got flying uh flying heartless and stuff like that and like it's just really interesting to see all these things that they're adding in. They're also using SpeedTree and, uh, yeah, lots of really cool tech stuff. So if you're into that, check out the Japanese Kingdom Hearts box art. A lot of interesting stuff on there. Basically anything on there you want to know more about, um, they uh, you can just Google the name of those uh, particular middlewares. I, I just remember that because talking about them adding in the memory archive, um, usually that's that stuff is added in through the their UI uh tool and uh yeah on the box it looks like they're using autodesk scaleform for the uh for the UI tech so cool stuff uh so yeah other than that okay there is one scary thing we need to talk about Cheryl okay something that i'm not particularly prepared for and it's related to the secret ending all right Yep. So as and again, not a spoiler. In fact, this is an anti-spoiler. This is confirming what you already expect. But yes, churro, uh, it's uh, it, it even made it clear in the update to to see the secret ending. You gotta you gotta finish the game, obviously, but also it will have various requirements based on the difficulty you've chosen for the game. As always, I don't know what I was expecting, but yeah, churro, it's confirmed. Are it you, basically basically are you means I have to
1: somehow. Are you afraid of playing on the hardest difficulty?
0: Yes, I'm very afraid. I'm very afraid of that. But I have I have new hope, and maybe maybe I can give you guys some some tips. That that I have gained, you know, going through playing all these games for the deep dive stream over, over the course of this past uh, year, um, I can definitely recall back to the first time I played through Dream Drop Distance, and I played that on the hardest difficulty from the get go. And in that game, when I played it the very first time, the thing that got me was that it was so hard for me at the time that it actually like kind of ruined the game a little bit for me. And I kind of had wished that I would have played it on an easier difficulty. Now, the main thing that I've gained from, you know, me playing through that game again and Kingdom Hearts 2 again on critical mode and all of that is biggest tip is if you ever find yourself in a difficult situation you have to remember at the end of the day this is still a JRPG. And the main point I'm trying to make by that is you can level up. You can you yes. can go back. You can grind, you know, you can do all that stuff. You know, don't don't get stuck on a boss and get frustrated and just feel like you have to finish it that way you know at your current level you know the main thing is don't don't keep bashing your head against the same boss if you get to a point where it's really hard and you need to you need to uh like properly you know level up just level up
1: it's 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 for that that's the point so that's, that's what our rpgs do for you
0: exactly that's the whole point that's the main point of rpgs so you know it, it, it's something it, it's something we, we all need I guess reminders for sometimes, but I don't know. For me personally, I that was something I would always forget was <laughs> back in the day playing through uh Dream Drop Distance and like especially with like Spelican, like being there fighting against Spelican and dying and dying and dying, like why do I keep dying? and then you know, just reminding, gotta level up. So that's my that's my main tip. If you get stuck, level up. Failing that, don't forget to block. That's the other big thing, right? Yeah, that's the one thing that with Kingdom Hearts is like, you know, especially with a lot of casual players. And I think we'll probably see more of this with Kingdom Hearts Three because the title is Kingdom Hearts Three. But yeah because because it's Kingdom Hearts three and it's a number title, like we'll get a lot more casual players coming in and thinking like back in Kingdom Hearts two days like oh yeah, just match X and triangle every now and then, and you'll be fine and like especially if you're playing on higher difficulties, that is not the case you you absolutely need to remember that there is a block button in in the mix so it's it is definitely really important and. That was another thing that I definitely have uh, gained over the course of this past year playing through the Kingdom Hearts games, especially Kingdom Hearts Two Final Mix, is that, like Kingdom Hearts Two Final Mix, especially with some of the harder bosses, like the square button is almost more important than the X button. Like blocking is almost more important. Because than- like when
1: you when you play when you play action RPGs, like you know Kingdom Hearts, mm-hmm. Devil May Cry. You know, you're you're always your first dancing is always to go in mashing exactly without really anything. And then you throw in a couple magic spells here and there or maybe, you know, like a limit or something. And then you back out and you heal when necessary, but then like you know but then when you look at speedrunners do it, they can they use they utilize like everything, you know, at your disposal. I've seen people who play Kingdom Hearts two? Who say that certain summons are useless, some magics are useless, but then when you mm-hmm. see speedrunner use it, they know how to use this effects
0: exactly. in extremely hard
1: basketball, extremely hard boss battles. Like when I when I used to play against Zaldin in critical mode, that used to like tear me up quickly. But then like here, I see you know speedrunners utilize all the you know spells that you get at the time, and then drop them in, in a you know, very quickly, and I'm sitting here like, "Oh, what did I do wrong?" It's because yeah. I didn't take the time to actually study the battle, study what each spell or summons do, and see how useful it can be.
0: Exactly, and I think another good point to bring up with that is, you know, those speedrunners they play the game, they play the game way more than we do as you know, just average Kingdom Hearts players, and uh, in addition to that we're all going to be new at this like this kingdom hearts three is just coming out. So, you know, it's going to take some time, you know, there's going to be parts of this game that maybe we're not exactly ready for that are, you know, might be kind of hard and you may have battles that don't quite go as smoothly as you expect them to, because you know, when you're used to playing kingdom hearts, you're playing games you've played before you've played, you're, you know, you're playing it for the second, third, fourth time so you kind of have an idea of how to play through it. And failing that, you know, for the older games, you could also go online and look up strategies and, you know, see different techniques and maybe you already know that certain techniques are are useful. Like, for example, I ain't going to lie, like when I went through Kingdom Hearts 3D, I was mashing Balloon Row like crazy. I was using that like nothing. But when I first played through the game, I didn't know anything about Balloon Row. Like, I I wouldn't have known.
1: Like I p s it's funny too 'cause like everybody was using like these high powered like dream eaters and yeah here I am still using wow well and like another starter dreamer exactly. eater that you get at the very beginning of the game and I'm um, here I am beating the final boss with it.
0: Yeah. I guess maybe like the the best thing we could say with regards to that is, you know, don't get stuck in the uh first time playthrough syndrome where you find one technique that works and you only use that. I think maybe it's a good thing that when we play through these games, let's try to like vary up our strategies. Let's, you know, try to use summons that, you know, try to, first things first, try to use summons period, like use them and, you know, test them out. See if you can find one that's good for a certain boss. And like, I think that's probably the best thing because, you know, I think personally, you know, I mentioned it before, you know, my first playthrough of Dream Drop Distance was not the most positive experience, and that was because I had such an issue with the uh, with the difficulty. I think maybe if I explored more of some of the other abilities, maybe use Reality Shift a little more, or, you know, try to craft different Dream Eaters or try to use different magic spells, like maybe I would have had a better time because I might have found a better technique. Maybe my issue was I was using abilities that kind of sucked or something and you know to 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 my defense like how would i have known otherwise but i think the best way to discover that stuff when there's no information out there is just try stuff and see what works like I, i think that's the best thing and like i i think one thing that i've noticed um speaking on finding good abilities is that the way I try to categorize abilities in my head now, and I think it really holds true in a lot of the Osaka team-developed games, is when they make abilities, it seems like they have two main classes of abilities. There's one abilities that or that's there's one type of ability that's good for mobs that 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 means like heartless or you know you just average enemies that you fight, and then there are abilities that are good against bosses. So there's average enemy abilities, and then there's boss abilities. Abilities that are good against average enemies, good abilities that are good against boss enemies. And I noticed that ever since uh, Birth by Sleep when I was playing through that. There are definitely a lot of them uh, that, like, you know, maybe it's not that strong, but it's it's got really good area of effect. So it'll take out a lot of enemies all at once. Or... You know, maybe it's like a kind of ability that makes you dash around the field a lot and attack a lot of random enemies, but you're really open to attack. So while it might be good against, you know, fodder enemies against a boss, you know, you're just going to be dashing into them and then they'll unleash some sort of retaliation move that kills you instantly. So, you know, I I think that might be something that might help you find good abilities or at least help you... Decide what abilities to prioritize. Prioritize like look look for abilities that are good against mobs, and then look for abilities that are like really strong, but maybe only attack like one one boss, and that would be like the you know the that that'll be the kind of attacks you want to use against a boss, and then look for the more area of effect kind of attacks that you you know you can use against uh you know mob enemies. So. I guess that's the the best tip I can offer. You know, I'm in the same boat as all of you. Churro's in the same boat as all of you. Like, we're, we're all going to have to find this out together, really, at the end of the day, because this is all, and that's this is all fun new part. to everyone. Yeah, you exactly. Know, that's the, yeah, exactly. That's the fun realize. part. That's the fun part. Exactly. That's cool. the best part. So, yeah. Can't wait. It's going to be great. So, moving on from there, uh, <clears throat> speaking about the Kingdom Hearts VR experience. I forgot <clears throat> that existed, but... <laughs> Uh, apparently, King Hearts VR Experience was supposed to release in December, but got delayed. It's going to be released. So, there's going to be a first part that releases January 18th. So, uh, about yeah, about a week. Uh, same, same release uh, week as this podcast. So, if you're listening to this when the podcast first comes out, uh, it'll be releasing on Friday, I believe. January 18th, Friday. Yep. Friday. Okay, so it'll be releasing Friday, January 18th. So if you have a PlayStation VR, you can enjoy that. Uh, they shared out some of the uh, screenshots from it, and it was pretty interesting. Uh, some of them looked really, really good. Like uh, they showed a screenshot of Goofy and the gummy ship. And I guess like you're playing as Sora and you're looking at Goofy from first person. And it uses the Kingdom Hearts 3 graphics uh and, and all the assets from Kingdom Hearts 3, so it looks amazing. And then later, they show a scene on uh, Destiny Islands where um, Sora's, like, uh, sitting on the tree at Destiny Islands, you know, looking out at the sunset, you know, and you're seeing it from Sora's perspective, and next to you is Riku and Kyrie. And that uses Kingdom Hearts 1 assets, but it's also kind of weird because it's got, like, modern kind of modern shading so it kind of doesn't look that good so i don't know i can't i i I really want to see it like in in motion because uh so far i haven't seen that these were just screenshots so hopefully it looks better than that but yeah it looked a little weird but hey they're delaying it so whatever maybe it'll look better so yeah, that, that should be interesting. Chero, you have a PSVR, so I can't wait to hear what you think of it. What's it coming you know, out?
1: I I brought it all out and I'm starting hooking it up and then like all of a sudden I was told, oh, I got delayed. I was like, what? So I have to uh, put everything back in.
0: Yeah. What's it what's the setup process like for the PSVR?
1: <laughs> it's like there's plugs in the back, you gotta plug that into like a little box which then connects to the PSVR. Then you got to plug in that into one of the USB slots in the front. So pretty much, it takes up like almost the entire like back and the front of the PS PS4. Dang.
0: That's crazy. That's
1: that's a lot of it's a lot of wiring for it. Yeah. Too. So, but it's worth it. And then you got to set up the uh, oh yeah the 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 camera. You got to yeah the, the camera goes in the front camera, of the PS4. Yeah. So you plugs right, it right. into the, the one of the USB slots, and then you have to hook it up to like the front of your TV so it looks right at you.
0: That's crazy because, like, you know, you think about all the 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 PlayStations that have come out over the years. And, like, I remember looking at the PS2 and meant, like, man, there's so many, like, random ports on here. We've got a USB port. What's this port? This expansion slot? Like, none of these get used. But you're telling me that, like, with this PSVR, like, it uses everything on the on the PlayStation pretty much. Like, all the ports.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's really That's weird. Crazy. But, like, once you get set up and working... It's actually pretty fun. I actually got my parents playing the VR one time.
0: Awesome! Like I had
1: uh, I had my mom do the um, the Last Guardian demo, and she was she was blown away. Like I told her, I yeah. was telling her, like look up, look down. You know, yeah. you'll see everything down below you. Look behind you, see everything behind you, and and then she was controlling the little kid, and you know, trying to go through the demo. And then my stepdad played this like outer space flying yeah. shooting simulator, and he enjoyed it, but I told him because uh, Ace Combat actually comes out this month. Yeah, I'm thinking about picking that up and playing on VR.
0: Yeah, that looks really good because uh, from what I understand, with Ace Combat is like they they actually like f- throughout the whole development, like they were focusing on making it for VR. So that's
1: what exactly with the uh, Resident Evil Seven when they yeah, exactly. were developing Resident Evil Seven, they made it with VR in mind. That's why it works yep. so well with it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, that one seems like it's pretty cool. Uh So, Charo, you've got, you know, quite a bit of experience with VR. Do you feel that you uh, are you pretty good with motion sickness? Do you do you get motion sickness
1: from VR? No, really. Okay. Funny the funny thing is the only thing that gives me motion sickness is dizziness, like if I spin around in a circle for too long yeah. or too fast. Like this is one of the reasons why I never go. I don't go on teacup ride at Disneyland anymore yeah. <laughs> okay, for that okay. reason. But like roller coasters, VR, yeah, anything that moves fast, I won't get motion sickness from. That's cool.
0: Yeah, I was hearing some things with uh with the Ace Combat demo that there's some aspects of it that apparently can make some people sick. So,
1: well, I actually I, played the demo, the VR oh, demo at uh, yeah PSX in 2000. 16 or 17 i believe yeah and it didn't bother me at, at all like i was able to play it awesome. just fine
0: Yeah, so i can't wait to hear what what you think of it yeah vr is definitely something i'm super interested in i still haven't tried it like properly yet uh uh i want to say like last week i went to this um Oh, actually, I should talk about this. So I went to uh, Hausenbosch, which is a theme park that's, like, really close to where I live. It's, like, 20 minutes away by train. It's, like, one of the closest train stops. And uh, it's a Dutch-themed theme park in Japan. And you're, like, thinking, what? Dutch? Why Japan? It's a long story, a lot of history, Japan and the Dutch. But, yeah, there's a lot of Dutch-themed stuff in the Nagasaki area because of that. And, you know, we got this theme park here. And one of its, like, main things is it's got a lot of, like mixed reality VR, AR attractions. Uh, uh, So one of them I did was called Summoner's Battle. And basically you put on a VR headset, but it's more of like an AR game, not really a VR game. And like, so it's like a headset with a, I'm guessing it's a cell phone, like kind of like a Samsung gear VR and it's using the cameras on the back of the phone to see the the real environment, and then on the screen it overlays uh, graphics and stuff like that, and basically you have this, like, controller in one hand that can vibrate, and you're using it to throw, like... It looks like fireballs, but it's actually, like, these little minion people, and you're throwing it at someone who's your opponent, which is another park guest, and you're basically... It's the dumbest thing ever. It's like, imagine doing Kamehameha waves at somebody across from you, but you're sort of like jumping around in circles and like shooting fireballs at each other. <laughs> so if you, if, you, if you ever wanted to be Ryu from Street Fighter or Goku or something like that, that's the kind of thing you can do. But like in terms of actual movement and what you're doing, it's just like there's you're on one side of the... It's almost like a like a volleyball court. You're on one side of the volleyball court and the other person on the other side of the volleyball court. You're just throwing fireballs at each other and that's it. Like it was kind of like dumb. Kind
1: of like a fireball dodgeball.
0: Yeah, it's, exactly. It's dodgeball. That's, that's the best way to describe it. It's fireball dodgeball. And let me just say, it looked terrible. Like this VR was awful. I did not feel immersive whatsoever. I knew hundred percent that I was looking at a phone screen. It did not feel immersive. It looked like I was looking at a video of what's outside, so I don't count that as a proper VR experience. And it wasn't trying to be. It was it was trying to be, you know, fireball shooty game. So I I still don't feel like I've actually properly tried VR, but at least in that case, I did not feel immersed whatsoever. It just looked like I was playing a I don't know, like a crappy AR game, so I eagerly wait my opportunity to play a, a proper VR game. But I did hear that, um I don't know if you have it or tried it yet, Uh I keep hearing really good things on PSVR about uh, Astro Bot. Yeah. Like, that's supposed to be, like, I don't know, like, last month, like, there was, like, a lot of uh reviews, maybe not last maybe two months ago when it came out or something, people were saying, like, this is the Super Mario 64 of of a vr like this is the thing that like finally does vr right like this is the make it or break it game for vr it's really great you should try it and like uh, apparently it's actually like a third person game it's like you're you're like kind of like a god character looking down on the Bot, and it's like a platformer and apparently like it's i don't know i've heard really good things about it. i haven't really seen much though so that's definitely something i'd like to try in the future but also speaking of Houston Bosch at and the Square Enix does have an experience there. It does? And yes, it is called Bahamut Disco. Yes, as in like Final Fantasy Bahamut. And I'll just say it is the dumbest thing I have ever done. It was so bad. I do not recommend it. But yeah, basically all it was. I think the main issue was I had to wait a long time for it. I waited like 40 minutes. Uh, my friend that goes there all the time says, uh, yeah, that's that's something you want to, if it's 15 minutes or more, don't go there. Uh, but yeah, basically you go in there, uh, you go into a room, they give you like this this thing that's like a massive Wiimote and, or, or like a PlayStation Move controller, it's like, but really big and heavy. And on on the wall so you're in a box room everything's all blacked out and then there's a 360 projector projecting on all four corners of the wall and it's a rhythm game and there'll be like like a a circle that'll appear on the screen or, or on the wall in random parts of the wall and then you're supposed to look at it and with your controller wave the wand in the direction of the circle but in time with the music like the, it, there's like the circle and then like an orb will fly at the circle and when the orb reaches the circle you're supposed to swipe at that time because it, it's a rhythm game so you do it in time with the music and so i went you know we, we were doing that and then like they were playing cru- uh, a remix of cruel angel thesis from evangelion and it's just one song waited 40 minutes to do that one song And like the whole thing was like, uh, Bahamut in this universe is the god of music, and you're trying to give him energy. And by doing this mini game, you sort of like build up the energy, and then send it to Bahamut, and then Bahamut like gives you the power to rock. It was that sounds
1: uh, weird.
0: It was really bad. And then they had these like really fake DJs that were like they kind of look like Daft Punk called. They called themselves like CTS or something. I don't know. It was weird. Do not recommend it. Also, n- n- another minor complaint. It was also very weird. So we're in the room and I wasn't sure. Do we close the door? Like usually like at Disney, like they'll like, they'll set up the ride for you. No, 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 It's, it's like, all right. I'm like, I, I and I sort of look at, at, at the girl I was with. She was like, are we gonna close the door? I'm like, uh I'll close it and it was like really awkward, and then I close the door, and then when we were done with the attraction, when it was all over, you know, the screen goes out, and we're in a blacked out room, so it's really dark, so I can't see anything, she can't see anything. And then I go to the door and the door doesn't have a handle on it. No. On the it doesn't have a handle on the inside. Thank God I didn't close it like all the way all the way. You know how like when you close the door, you like you can like close it, but like not actually push it in closed. I So I just did that where it's like sort of like the locking mechanism is resting on the door frame. So I had it like that. So you could see like the slit of the door and I was just sort of like grasping at the door, <laughs> like a cat trying to find a door handle. And then I find this thing and I'm like, Oh, I feel the lock. Like the, the door lock. It just has a lock. It doesn't have a handle. So I just sort of had to like grasp at the side of the door to open it. It was really weird. Do not recommend. Also, they had a they had a bar with a lot of liquor at it in in the thing. So I'm convinced that Square Enix is secretly just. If you ever go to Japan, Square Enix is secretly trying to get you drunk. Watch out.
1: Oh hey, well, hey, it works out. I mean, the more drunk you get, the more money you spend. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's exactly. why you think
1: casinos are more successful.
0: That's a good point. So so yeah, that's uh, moving away from that, yeah. So that was K- uh, Kingdom Hearts VR experience, January 18th for the first part, spring 2019 for the second part. Can't wait to see what it is. My personal guess is maybe Kingdom Hearts 3-related stuff will be in the 2019 version of that. Who knows? All right, so the next bit of news... Uh, the face my fears single, just as a reminder, is going to be releasing on January 18th. Uh, this is going to include the full English version and Japanese version of face my fears, as well as don't think twice and chikai, the you know Japanese versions of the I'm assuming ending themes of uh, Kingdom Hearts three. So you know, it definitely like a good single, yeah. So definitely keep keep your eyes open for those. Um, I'll just say personally, I didn't know I had, uh, access to this, but, uh, so I have Apple music apparently like pretty much all of Utada's music is on Apple music and face my fears is on there. So if you're art, if you're paying, uh, I think it's like a 10 month, $10 a month subscription to Apple music. If you do that, you can just stream it when it comes out. Just do it. Like you don't yep. have to buy it or anything. You just, once it's, it's out, also stream on
1: it. Spotify and Google oh, music. Cool.
0: So, So, yeah, it should
1: be the same way, too.
0: So, yeah, if you want to listen to the single in advance, you definitely can. If you want to wait for it, wait for it. But, yeah, it's there if you want to listen to it. So, uh, yeah, that pretty much wraps up the news for this episode. In the way of questions, our first question comes from Retro Unbroken, who asks, How do you feel about Kingdom Hearts 3 releasing in an unfinished state on disc? It feels like... It's a waste to buy the launch version of the physical release because it's incomplete. Do you think they'll release an updated version of the game later with the uh, stuff on the disc?
1: More likely. I mean, once, give it about a year. Yeah. Uh, to see whatever, whatever you know, DLC plans they got for this game to see what yeah. happens. There's also,
0: um, like, uh, every now and then, there's, like, there are different, like, alternate releases of games that like they they don't state they don't like release like a like a press release or anything that's like oh there's a new version out but like it, when they get to the point when they're like reprinting discs sometimes they'll like actually release the game again but with all the patches applied but it'll still be same label same box like no real different content it just has all the content on the disc so sometimes they'll do that for like Second printings or third printings of the game, so that that's a possibility. But uh yeah, I don't, I don't know. Churro, do you, are you getting the game uh, physically? Yeah.
1: Do you care I, that n- not all the contents on the on the disc? Not really. I mean, I understand what the what Nomura was trying to do. Nomura, see, Nomura knew this in advance that so something yeah. was going to happen. You know, it, unfortunately, you can't escape leaks because. They will more likely happen because yeah, there's the no way to we stop live in. you know stop people from obtaining it early. I mean, yep. not all companies want to do the the red you know the Rockstar route where they hold on to it till right close to release. Then they send it out to distributions. Most companies do the normal route where they already send it out and they just sit there until close to release. But then they'll distribute it to the stores at hand. Yep. So I think. Um,
0: yeah, I think is, for people I, that really value physical releases of games, if if you're someone that really values physical releases of games, I think that this kind of comes with the territory. You know, like you're saying, Churro, yeah. it's kind of impossible for a company like Square to avoid leaks like this. So it's kind of necessary in, in this day and age to have that content you know, held back a little bit because they, they don't want that stuff leaking out. We already, you know, we talked about it earlier in the episode, why this particular content makes sense to be held back. So, you know, it, it, it makes sense. I, I think if, you know, if you're really, like if it's a really big deal to you to have the, the physical version of the game, you know, fully completed on the disc... You know, you might have to wait a little bit longer for Kingdom Hearts three, or you know, buy it now f- digital and then get it later physical.
1: I mean, it in no way it should not really discourage you. I mean, if it wasn't for Nomura doing this, I'm sure the ending, yeah, and secret epilogue, ending would be out. The epilogue would be out. So basically, there, there would be a
0: there would be a news story on Kotaku talking about the next Kingdom Hearts game. Like,
1: well, I mean, I mean, like hell, I mean, Dual Shockers was. Posting the leaks out everywhere. Yep. So it's like, and then Eurogamer was the same way. So it's like, would, and then people would be more upset because it's like, well, they should have did something about it. Well, here it is; they are doing something about it. They realize that, you know, this is you know one of their you know biggest releases you know this year. So it's like they have to protect themselves too and their fans. So to me, I don't really get the gist of people being upset that it's not on disc the first, you know, on the very first day of release. So it's like, you know, you just got to look at it that way. I mean, a, a day or two is not going to kill you. Really? Exactly. It really, won't. I'm pretty sure that not a lot of people are going to be beating the game within the no. first two days. Anyways.
0: Exactly. And you, you know, you, you got to really like look at it. I, I mean, I think for us personally, as North American fans, it's not that bad. I, I would feel worse for the Japanese fans. Cause like having the game release on the 25th for them and then having to wait till the 31st to see the secret ending. I think that's kind of bad, but I, I I do get it. I think for us, we're in the better situation. Like it comes out on the 29th and like, like for me personally, when I first played kingdom hearts three or not, Kingdom Hearts when I first played kingdom hearts two, uh, I, I remember specifically, like when I played the Japanese version, it took me three days to beat the Japanese version. And when the English version came out and, you know, I was playing it again for the second time, it took me two days to beat it in, in English. And I was able to unlock the secret ending for that. Um, so, you, you know, for me personally, it could be just like, oh, perfect. Right on time, you know? Like I get to play it and then I unlock it and then, Oh, secret ending unlocks. Okay. Let me watch it right now. You know, assuming I can figure out what the requirements are, but, uh, yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. But yeah, I think like at the end of the day, is this the ideal solution? No, but I don't think there's anything better that we can do at the current state. Like there's really not that much. So yeah, I think, I think it's, you know, they're doing the best that they can and if if this is a really like big sticking point for you, then maybe buy a later release as well, or I don't know. It's I don't, either I that know. or
1: delay the game.
0: Yeah, or delay the game exactly.
1: So I mean, it's it's entirely how you look at the situation. To me, in my opinion, two days is not going to be the end of the world. I mean, no. you'd be playing majority of the the games out. You're playing it, so enjoy it. Exactly, enjoy and, the game. Um, and before you know it, it'll be it'll be the thirtieth and thirty first, and you'll be able to download it. And I mean, yeah, it sucks for those who don't have internet access, who have poor internet access. Yeah. But you know,
0: and not only that, like just think about these days. Like there's data miners on everything. Like if it was on the disc day one, people would have data mined that thing instantly.
1: Yeah. So I mean, would you rather play the game and wait for the secret ending epilogue to come out? Yeah. Or whether Reggie be spoiled weeks in advance.
0: Exactly. I can tell you straight up, and this is like, <laughs> this is some insider baseball for uh, working back in the day on uh, the old school kh2.co.uk, KHUltimania. I remember the day Kingdom Hearts 2 came out, and I was talking with Pete, the former owner of the, uh, or, or the owner of uh, KHUltimania, and and we were talking about it and he, he told me that oh yeah I already got the game uh, you know he got a, a, a leak copy or something like that and he was like yep and you can just go in there and the secret ending's in there and he said uh, you know you, you know if you want to see it I'll send you the video if not let me just tell you they look like Power Rangers <laughs> that was Pete's impression back in 2005 of the the gathering secret ending was that they look like Power Rangers. So, so it, that happened even back in the day. And that's what happens when you put the videos on the disc. Because they're pre-rendered videos. They can be extracted out of the game and played on like a PC or something. That's dangerous. So at least in the case of this, like, you know, it's releasing two days after it for us. And then like several days after for J- the Japanese players it's at least reasonable that some people will have gotten to the point where they're at the ending point of the game and they, they just have to maybe wait a little bit or maybe not at all. And just like once they're ready to finish the game, bam, they can download the secret ending and unlock it and watch it. So I think, I think timing wise they they did a really good job and it's very clear. This is not that like, Oh, they didn't finish the secret ending and, they're just putting the last finishing touches on it. No, 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 They They're holding it back on purpose. you know. And it's the purpose of preventing leaks. So I, I'm all for that. So uh, anyway, Churro, if you could take these ne- this next question.
1: Yeah, this one's from Clayton Doyle, and they write, which characters do you think would be playable? Which character do you think won't be playable, but should be playable? Um. So obviously
0: Sora's playable. Is that a spoiler? Right. I hope not. <laughs> uh, I I don't know anything. I, I haven't seen any any thing about nothing, so I don't really know w- who's going to be playable. But I think you know Riku's always been playable. He's been playable in most of the Kingdom Hearts games, apart from Kingdom Hearts One. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was in there. They kind of set him up always as being playable, so I expect it kind of and. I personally, I think I would like to play as Roxas again in a rainy area in the world that never was, and I don't want to fight a bunch of Neo Shadows, oh, and <laughs> I God. Want, to, want to run Stop. up the building. Your, Look,
1: your time, your time is we done. We literally man. have running up the building tech. Brendan, the time has passed with that. For me, the time is never up. (laughs) I'm just saying. You're going to be... Pretty soon we're going to be in our 60s and 70s and you're still going to be talking about that.
0: Like I'm still waiting for the deep dive. Playable deep dive. Yeah, one of these days. I'm telling you. Juro, if I ever get to work with the Kingdom Hearts team, that's going to be my political platform. (laughs) It's like, make Kingdom Hearts deep dive again. That's going to be my... (laughs) Political platform. I'm going to be the be Hashtag that. <laughs> hashtag make Kingdom Hearts deep dive again. <laughs> That's going to be my thing. But yeah. uh But yeah, I'll, 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 all joking aside, I think it'd be fun to play as Roxas. And also, like, before I stopped watching Kingdom Hearts trailers, one thing that I definitely did notice was that they're putting a lot more stock and value back into Roxas as a character. Like, after, you know, after 358 over two days, it kind of felt like, okay, Roxas' story is done, because they they sort of wrapped up his backstory, and then, you know, he he kind of ends with Kingdom Hearts 2, you know, he returns back to Sora, and that's pretty much it, that's Roxas, and yeah, they kind of showed him in Dream Drop Distance again, but he didn't seem any more important than any of the other characters that were tied to Sora, but I think more recently, Roxas seems to be getting more specific, like, uh, focus. So I, I kind of feel like it would be cool to play as Roxas. Sheon would also be fun. Obviously, you know, the, the real, the real big one that everybody wants is Kyrie. Like, but I, I, I am definitely on the fence when it comes to Kyrie. Uh, not in terms of, do I want to play as her? I absolutely hundred percent want to play as her, but I'm on the fence kind of 50, 50, whether or not we'll be allowed to play as her. Um, I don't care about playing as Axel, personally. I don't think it's a big deal. Um, Chiro, what about you? Uh, so, what characters do you think will be playable, and then what characters do you want to be playable that you don't think will be?
1: Aside from Sora? Yeah, aside from Sora. I'm I'm, I'm hoping Lee, because like, I think Lee is going to have a, like his own unique style. Yeah. Especially the way he, you know, because you know each keyblade wielder has his own style wielding it and even you know and you know we, we played riku before obviously mm-hmm. from chain of memories and yeah distance so i kind of like to see somebody else you know new to this you know like Kyrie lee you know and the going off what you said roxas too yeah you know so i really hope you know those what now and-
0: now, that I, now that you mention it and think about it it'd be kind of <laughs> cool if with lee Although, I guess it's kind of been done, but I think it would make sense the most for Lee is, remember back in uh, Birth by Sleep, how they have the command styles? Yeah. I think Lee should play kind of like the command style they have was like, I think it's like Firestorm or something like that, where like every one of your attacks also has like a fire element to it, like like there's some AOE fire that comes out and then there's like extra fire in your slashes and stuff like that. Like I feel like with Lee specifically, he should have that kind of feel to him. Like he should kind of play like a, a fire style command style. Like that'd be kind of cool yeah. for him. So yeah, that, that, that would be cool. I, I also wonder though, like I know it's kind of weird, but like what if he like also used his
1: chakrams too? and we got a just, cool mix-up yeah mix-up like, like hey,
0: I, i'm not a you, big dumb idiot like riku just throw throw away his soul eater i'm also going to use my original weapon too
1: because you can switch keyblades on the fly can you imagine switching chakra yeah, into keyblade
0: to, yeah chakra to keyblade and like yeah almost have it like uh like how final form sora has it or, or, or even like master form sora like he's got maybe one hand is uh one hand is chakram the other hand is keyblade or oh you know be cool it'd be like juggling juggling keyblade and two chakrams right (laughs) that'd be pretty cool so i don't know maybe that's a little too much or maybe he could do that but like he doesn't do it all the time maybe for like a special move like a kind of like a limit, special limit attack, and he'll like bust out the chakrams and then start spinning those around, and then start spinning his keyblade around like crazy pyromaniac and like flicking fire everywhere. I don't know. That's how I'd want it. So yeah, now that you bring it up, churro, I think Lee'd be pretty cool. They'd all be pretty cool. Bring back, bring back Mickey. I want to play as Donald and Goofy. <laughs> what are we gonna play as Donald and Goofy, churro? DLC, DLC. There you go. That's what we need—is more Donald and Goofy, and let me play as Merlin. I don't know what Merlin would do. You know, for being a magician, we really don't see Merlin cast enough magic in this series, right? Like all he does is weird. plot you imagine? Can you imagine switching to Donald breaking?
1: and then just like spending your whole time healing Sora, like it should be? <laughs> yes,
0: that that would be a great game play. Kingdom Hearts, but played as Donald and then it's actually like the hardest game ever because what you don't realize is you're constantly dying and you need and you need to heal Sora and then you keep dying and then Sora doesn't heal you and then okay. you'll you'll be wondering why Sora doesn't heal heal you back and maybe that was the secret thing that that he always wanted was that he just always won. I was going to go into Donald speaking there, but, uh, that's not going to be intelligible, but maybe he was secretly wanting Sora to heal him this whole time. And that's the secret story, the secret unrequited love story of Donald. All he wanted was to heal back. Oh, well. So anyway, uh, so that's, uh, that one. Let's go with this last question. This comes from Jasmine Faulkner. And she asks, since kingdom hearts three is releasing at the beginning of the year, it probably won't have a chance in the game of year awards for 2019. Do you think this is a bad move on Square's part?
1: I don't say I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, it's still a 2019 release. I mean, they still mm-hmm. have to put that in consideration no matter yeah. how far it is towards the end of the year it is, you know. Yeah. So, it's not a, not even a bad move at all. There's nothing. I mean, Kingdom Hearts 3 has to be good enough to be considered in consideration in in the first place. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it'll probably be maybe be within like the RPG or action adventure games category. And, yeah. Maybe. And, and maybe as one of the talks of being in game of the year. Mm. But, you know, like I said, it just comes down to how good it is. I do kind of see
0: where she's come from. It, it is true that in like game of the year discussions, there tends to be a lot more like a uh, bias. Put towards games that were more recent because th- that's fresh in people's minds, and they sort of like seeing it as like if it's r- more recent, it kind of like tops, you know, your older memories of, of games that you played during the year. Well, I mean,
1: God of War came out what March of last year, and yeah. did came out in October, yep. But God of War won Game of the Year, you know, because yeah, in, it in was, many places, you know, it was, yeah, and it was amazing game. So it just goes to show that just because. You have a really hyped game like RDR two. You know yeah. it's you know it's not going to be the one winning everything. Like because yeah. like last year it was you know it came down to uh, two years ago it came down to um, you know Breath of the Wild. Yeah, you, you know Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey. Then you had um you know Persona five, a bunch of you know fantastic games that came out you know in different parts of the year. But it you know lastly it came out to Breath of the Wild, which was the yeah. better game.
0: I'll also say personally, as a Kingdom Hearts fan, I don't care how Kingdom Hearts does with the Game of the Year awards. As far as I'm concerned, not that it's against them, it's just that it's the kind of game that is impossible for them to appreciate because their job is to focus on all games and to try to give them all equal time. And Kingdom Hearts is like, Screw that. I'm going to be this crazy obtuse series that's really hard to get into. And I'm going to release at the beginning of the year in January, which is like statistically speaking, will put me at a disadvantage in those game of the year discussions. And I'm going to release and be and require you to have played like nine games prior to this and like. Everything about it is just like, you know, Kingdom Hearts is for the fans at the end of the day, especially Kingdom Hearts three. And as long as it's pleasing us, that's really all I care about. Like Kingdom Hearts is definitely one of the games. The biggest line that you're going to see, I promise you the number one line you're going to see in all of the reviews is I think Kingdom Hearts fans will like this, but because they don't get it because they haven't been playing the series because they haven't been keeping up and fair to them kingdom hearts has never been uh that accessible that's accessible enough to the kind of jobs that these people have but they're the ones that are in charge of these things like game of the years and game awards and all of that and you know that's just the reality of the business so i think at the end of the day when it comes to reviews when it comes to critique when it comes to awards you need to look at Who are the people making these awards? Who are the people making these reviews, making these decisions, making these articles? Is the place that they're coming from, is that something that you, does that opinion matter to you? I think that's the best way of, uh, of approaching it. Does, you know, does their maybe less informed or less dedicated opinion necessarily matter to you? The answer might still be yes. I I personally think it does matter in the sense that I think the series going further should take more consideration to people outside of the core the hardcore of the hardcore. I think the future of the series, you know, should focus more on that. But at the topic yeah. at hand, Kingdom Hearts 3. This game at the end of the day 100% is for who? It's for us. It's for the fans. It's fan service. This game isn't starring a bunch of brand new characters. These are characters that have been introduced over the course of a bunch of games across a bunch of random consoles that y'all had to buy. Like if you bought in, if you you know, spent all your time and fought through this series and made it through, you know, this game is going to be a big thank you Uh, you know, it's a, this is a big thank you to the fans. So at the end of the day, I personally don't really care about what the game awards are going to be like, what game of the year is going to be like, what reviews are going to score this like. Uh, And by the way, just how I tend to operate when it comes to these things, I go radio silent on reviews. I do not read a single review prior to playing the game because I want to formulate my own opinions on it. I don't even look at people's impressions I don't look at none of that information. I don't want to see it. I want to experience it on my own and form my own opinions. If I end up watching, you know, the opening movie and I don't like it, I want to decide that on my own. I don't want to read a comment on like Facebook saying, "Oh, I saw the opening. Man, the new song sucks." I don't like that. I don't want to read that. I don't want to I don't want to have that thought in my head when I'm watching it and like thinking why did that guy not like the song why did he say he didn't like the dubstep part or whatever i don't know i don't want to see that i want to go into there as blind as possible and make my own dang opinion so because as far as i'm concerned as a kingdom hearts fan you know and from what i understand the purpose of the game being being a game for the fans you know as a kingdom hearts fan i feel my opinion and your opinion as being kingdom hearts fans I feel like since you are the target audience, your opinion matters most. So form your own dang opinions. If if it's your game of the year, awesome. Then it's your game of the year. Who cares what critics thinks? Who cares what critics think about this this particular game because it's not necessarily designed for the wider audience. You know, why would you ask what uh, you know a, a casual Kingdom Hearts? uh what would you why would you ask a casual gamer what what they think of kingdom hearts it's like asking what does you know what what does a dog think of saving private ryan it wasn't made the that movie was not made for that dog you know you got to you got to ask the target audience what they thought of it you know why why ask your grandpa what he thought of my little pony like it wasn't made for him if he likes it, great. But it wasn't made for him, so I think, like at the end of the day, Kingdom Hearts three should be judged on what it was trying to do, not for accidentally, possibly pleasing or possibly displeasing people. It wasn't made for, so that's my that's my soapbox rant. I, I, I hope I hope that covers uh, this question. Moving on, I think. This music segment is very appropriate because we are going to kick off the new year with the song that starts it all is Dearly Beloved. We got a new great uh, remix of Dearly Beloved. It sounds sad. It isn't sad. Uh, the, the remix isn't sad. But the uh, the guy who arranges this, the remixer, is called Sad Meal. You can find him on SoundCloud. It's kind of like the opposite of Happy Meal. His like, logo looks like a Happy Meal, but it's sad. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's, it, I, I, I was like, why is this sad? And then I actually listened to it, and I was like, no, this isn't sad at all. This is actually, like, really bumping, and, like, it's kind of dubstepy. So I thought it would be like, uh, you know, this would be, like, kind of good because it kind of feels like what Face My Fears is supposed to be like. You know, it's a little bit dubsteppy, So I feel like this is a good follow-up to that. So I hope you guys enjoy this uh, dearly beloved Sad Meal remix. You can find them on SoundCloud. You know, show them some love. Our next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union, I think, is going to be I don't know. So here's the thing. Going on our normal release schedule. Our next episode would be releasing on the 29th. Uh I'm currently in talks with Daryl of Final Fantasy Union, by the way. You know, we're we're a podcast series that is, you know, releasing in tandem with Final Fantasy Union. Uh, basically, I'm, I'm negotiating with Daryl if we can adjust the schedule. Uh, So we will, I, I don't know when our next episode will be, but I know for a fact, or, or, or I know pretty well, because we, we've already kind of decided that we will not have an episode of Kingdom Hearts Union on January 29th. And the reason for that is it'll give us an opportunity to get Kingdom Hearts 3 and actually play through it a little bit. <laughs> before it actually releases and we can actually start talking about it. Uh, Speaking towards that, I want to talk about what our coverage is going to be like going forward for Kingdom Hearts three. So starting with January or not January, but February 5th. So February 5th, for sure, pretty much we've decided we will have an episode, which is the week after the 29th Uh, starting. Then the game plan is that each episode going forward uh you know for the next several episodes starting from the 5th uh we'll be talk we'll be going in and talking about the game you know step by step you know little by little so we'll be talking about the first couple of hours of Kingdom Hearts 3 on the 5th and talking about the opening sections and maybe the first couple of worlds you know we'll we'll decide what it is and we'll make it very clear at the beginning where we left off so we won't be going much further than that. I will most likely have beaten the game by then. But, you know, in, for for the sake of the episode, we will only talk about the first part of the game. And then, you know, going forward, we'll with each successive episode, we'll go little by little by little by little through the game. uh, So that, you know, th- think of it as like Oprah's Book Club. So less of a review and more of an Oprah's Book Club. And I think capping off all of this, uh, this series of stuff, we'll have a final episode where we'll actually do a review, we'll give our scores in the first half of, half of the episode. and the second half of the episode would be a spoiler cast, which we will will give you plenty of warning in advance when that will happen. but uh, that that will be the only time that we'll have uh, like actual proper spoilers like that. So we'll be very clear in each episode at the beginning of the episode, we'll let you know, all right, in this episode, we're going to talk about kingdom hearts for the first X number of hours. Uh, that means that we played up until blank World, which I think is fair. Uh, uh unless you don't know what worlds are in kingdom hearts three, you know, uh, we'll, we'll say like a Disney world, for example. And if, if that's, bad let's say hypothetically like let's take uh kingdom hearts 2 for example if we said uh we played through kingdom hearts 2 up until the hollow bastion And, and and it was the war i don't know we're half halfway through the game and we made it to the big hollow bastion segment i don't know we'll say it's something like that so Uh, Yeah, So watch out for that and, you know, just take it by ear and, you know, listen to our disclaimers at the beginning of each episode and you'll you'll get an idea of what what it is. We won't say any spoilers in the disclaimer. So, you know, just to make sure we don't spoil anyone and just to make sure that we take our time and go through the game, you know, like I think pretty much all fans do, which is little by little. Anyway, so moving on, uh as always, if you guys like the show, please subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number 1. Yes. Yay! Yay! And of <clears throat> course, you can catch every episode at kingdomheartsunion.com or K Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at @khunion. And remember, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com/ffkhunion and please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, Churro, it's goodbye time. Wow, it's the first goodbye of the year. First goodbye of the year. And I don't even know, this this could potentially be our first and last goodbye before Kingdom Hearts 3, or it could be our first of two goodbyes before Kingdom Hearts 3. Not sure yet. We're not sure. Depends on if. Yeah, we'll have to see. So y'all keep an eye out. Watch out on our twitters. Uh, oh yeah, we're, we'll have another uh, deep dive stream before uh, Kingdom Hearts three releases. That'll be on the eighteenth, nineteenth, something like that. Eighteenth or nineteenth, and uh, we'll, we'll have that stream then. And we'll play through Birth by Sleep zero point, Birth by Sleep secret episode, which is technically zero point one, and Birth by Sleep zero point two. A fragmentary passage so we'll be playing through both of those so i hope you guys uh join us there uh twitch tv slash cage union uh also on the youtube we'll be releasing a back catalog of the deep dive streams little by little uh kingdom hearts 2 should already start being released and then we'll get into uh uh 358 over two days uh, birth by Sleep, Recoded, Dream Drop Distance, Back Cover, and then you know, as as we get through um, 0.2, we'll do that too. All right, so uh, that I think is pretty
1: much everything. So, Charles, sure, we'll say goodbyes. Bye, guys! Thanks for joining us, and you know, Kingdom Hearts Three is almost upon us. We're almost there. Almost there.
0: And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.